Well, if you, um, as you're shifting around and getting comfortable again, uh, I don't know if you've seen the title of this message, but the title of the message is The God of Second Chances. We're going to celebrate that today, but I think to really be able to appreciate the goodness of second chances, we need to realize that not every second chance is a good thing, and not every second chance is something that we should pounce on. I remember the first time that I ever tried boxing. It was in my friend's backyard, and his mom and dad were not home yet, uh, from school, and so I'd gone home to, uh, with my friend Nathan, and Nathan had an older brother, and his older brother was like four years older, and so I go into the living room, and uh, we're eating snacks or whatever we're doing as like uh, sixth graders or seventh graders, and uh, Nathan's brother comes in with a set of boxing gloves, and so I'm really intrigued by that because I'm at the sixth grade or seventh grade or whatever, uh, whatever grade I'm in. And I remember asking a question about the boxing gloves. And he says to me, he says, well, I have another pair as well. And I said, really? He's like, yeah, do you want to see them? And I said, absolutely. So he goes and gets the other set of gloves. And he's like, here, come on outside and I'll show them. And so I don't know how this happened, but I ended up wearing the second set of boxing gloves with this kid that was like four years older than me. And so he just beats me like you would not believe it. I don't know how long it lasted. I do believe it had to have been 30 minutes, but it probably was more like 30 seconds or two minutes. And anyway, the beating gets over, and he says, do you want a second round? And I'm thinking to myself, there is nothing that I would rather have less than have a second chance at what just happened to me. I had this horrible experience again when I was in high school. I was a basketball player. And our coach decided that it is a wise thing for basketball players to have good cardio, which in in theory I agree with. But what that meant for me is that my basketball coach wanted me to run cross country. So I wanted to play and I wanted to be in my coach's good graces. And so sure, coach, I'll run track. I'll run cross country. And You know, he gave me all the gear that I needed, and so I show up, and I'm practicing and running. And so one day, we show up to this run, and the cross-country coach says, listen, guys, I really believe that you can run these three miles in this amount of time. And I can't remember what the time was, but for me, it was way out of my range. And he said, and to incentivize you, I want you to know this. That if you try and you get to the finish line and you didn't finish in the amount of time that you're given, I'm going to give you a second chance. And I just thought to myself, I don't love second chances. But, and I share these with you because I do want for us to understand that second chances in everything isn't always a good thing, but second chances with God is an amazing thing. And that's what we're talking about today. We're studying through the book of Jonah. We're looking at the life of Jonah. We're looking at the ministry of Jonah. And here's what we've done so far. We have discovered that God called Jonah to go do a very specific and important ministry. Jonah didn't like that calling, so he got up and he literally went the opposite direction. Well, that didn't sit well with God, and we discovered... That whether we like it or not, God judges sin. And so God judged Jonah 
for his rebelliousness and his sinfulness by refusing to do what he knew God called him to do. And so we discovered that in that judgment, it meant that ultimately Jonah ended up being flung out of the boat and he hits the water and the storm subsides and, and there he is floating in the water like a cork. And in all of God's goodness and in all of God's strange ways, God in his infinite wisdom decided that he was going to save Jonah by sending, appointing, the word of God says, by appointing a big fish to go and swallow Jonah. And so he does that. Jonah's in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. He has this incredible psalm. That's what we read last week. The word of God says that after after he produced this incredible psalm, this beautiful moment with God, this incredible prayer time, that the fish vomited Jonah back out onto dry land. That's where we pick up today. Uh, so if you have your Bible, open with me if you would to Jonah chapter 3. We're going to study four verses today. The first four verses of Jonah chapter 3. So all of that's happened, and it brings us to this point. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I will tell you. And so Jonah arose, and he went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, Three days journey in breadth. And so Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's all the verses that we're looking at this morning. So I want you to pray with me, and then we're going to just kind of walk through these four verses today and understand what it is that God wants to teach us, and then understand what it is that beyond teaching us, what does God want to do in our own hearts and our own lives? Lord, this is your word. You gave us this word for a specific reason. And we're studying it for a specific reason. And I pray this morning that every person in every home, wherever they are, as they study with us, that you would do something great in our lives. That is my prayer. And I pray it. In the powerful and mighty name of Jesus, amen. So the idea this morning is that although Jonah's second chance teaches us a lot about him, it teaches us more about who God is. So again, I want to say that although Jonah's second chance teaches us a lot about who Jonah is, it teaches us more about who God is. Now make no mistake about it, this is absolutely a second chance. In fact, we see the word second, even in the scripture, it says the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. And so this is absolutely Jonah's second chance. But the question then is, what is it his second chance for? Or was it, what is it his second chance of? Well, a couple of things. First, he gets a second chance at life. Listen, here's the real deal of the matter. God could have left him at the bottom of the sea. Or better yet, God God didn't even have to rescue him from floating uh, in the sea. The scripture says that, that Jonah was in the process of drowning. 
And so if you just put aside the fact that God called Jonah a second time and gave him another uh, a chance at doing the ministry that God had called him to do, the reality is, ministry aside, fellowship with God aside, God gave Jonah a second chance at life. But he did also give Jonah those second chances. He also gave Jonah a second chance at fellowship with God. Now this may be the reason that God has you tuning in this morning and joining in with us in worship because you need to hear that you can have a second chance at fellowship with God. Listen, when Jonah got on that boat to run from God, his relationship with God was not strong. He was in rebellion. He was angry. He was was living a sinful life. His fellowship with God was broken. And this second chance is not just a second chance at physical life. This second chance that Jonah has is a second chance to have meaningful fellowship with God. It's a beautiful thought, really, that God gives us not just a second chance at physical life, but a second chance at fellowship with him. And... The third way that Jonah had a second chance with God is a second chance at purpose and ministry. I think that's important. Now, you may look at the scripture this morning and say, I see that, Pastor Zach. I see that. I see that Jonah had a second chance at life. I see that he had a second chance at a fellowship with God. I see that he had a second chance at fulfilling his purpose or his ministry in life. But what about my second chance? Have you ever felt that way before? Why don't I get a second chance? Here's what I want you to understand, friend. You do get a second chance. And it is in Jesus Christ that you and I get our second chance. In fact, I want to read to you a scripture. We're going to come back to Jonah in a second. But let me just read to you a scripture. Uh, If you're making notes this morning, this is found in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to start in verse 17 and probably read to about 21. So if you're making notes, just write down 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. Here's what the Word of God says. Therefore, if anyone, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, not, not believes in the existence of Christ, not talks about Christ, not interested in Christ, listen to me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That means you get a second chance. If you enter into the kingdom of God, you are born into a second chance. If you place your life in Christ, you're given a second chance. Let me read this to you in full. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And all of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, listen to this, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So we'll go back 
to Jonah, but I just want to I, I just want to make sure that you understand that Jonah is not the only person who is offered a second chance by God. You are offered a second chance in Christ Jesus. Maybe this is the morning that you respond to the invitation to grab a hold of your second chance. Jonah grabbed a hold of his second chance. But maybe this morning you need to. And you need to move and transition from believing in the existence of Jesus to placing your faith in Jesus. And from being interested in Jesus Christ to placing your life in Jesus Christ. So this morning I want you to understand if you're hungry for the second chance that all of us so desperately need, it's available. It's available in Christ. So if you'll remember the the summary that we're talking about is that although Jonah's second chance teaches us something important about him, it teaches us more about who God is. Well, before we talk about what this teaches us about who God is, what I want to do is to share with you two things that it does teach us about Jonah. Two things that Jonah's second chance really does teach us about who he is. And the first is this. The first uh, thing that we learn is that it, it teaches us that Jonah can learn from his past experiences with the Lord. Now, you may be looking at me through the screen right now and go, Pastor Zach, that is the most captain obvious thing you could say. It doesn't take a theologian to come up with that. That's the whole point this morning, is that it is as crystal clear as it could possibly be. Jonah learned from his experiences with the Lord and where he tried rebellion at the beginning and it got him nowhere. Well, that's actually not even theologically true. It got him somewhere, but it got him somewhere he didn't want to be. He learned from that. He learned from that so that moving forward, his experience with the Lord could be different. The reason that I bring this up, the reason that I even make this a point in this morning's message is because as clear as it is on paper, it's a little bit harder sometimes to do in real life. Maybe you've been to a place in life where you feel like you're on that circle, where you, your, your past experiences with God, they're not teaching you anything new. Here's what you need to do. You need to pause. You need to take a step back. And you need to take some time to reflect and read through the word of God. Look back on your life with God. And allow the life of Jonah to model what it means to learn about your relationship with God from past experiences. Because the same mistakes that you made with God a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. The same sinful patterns that you saw yourself in in the past. They don't have to be what the future looks like for you. Which brings me to the second point that I want to make about Jonah and what we learn about him. This passage teaches us that change is possible. That Jonah was able to change his response to the call of God moving forward in his life. The first church that I pastored absolutely loved it. Wonderful experience, wonderful people. But there was that one person, 
You know that phrase, right? There's always that one. There was that one person. And we had talked and we'd prayed together and we'd had so many wonderful conversations, but they all ended this way. You know, Pastor Zach, I just don't think at this point in my life I can give my life to God. I've just spent too much time running from him. That is a heartbreaking thing to hear. And I used the first church that I pastored as an example because it destroyed my heart. But can I just tell you that I still have neighbors this way. I still have family members this way. There are people associated with the fellowship who still feel this way. Listen to me. If Jonah teaches us anything about people, he teaches us this, that we can change how we respond to God. I want you to see this in the scripture. I want you to see it. So go back with me if you would, and let's just look at these four verses. It says, verse, verse one, it says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. And here's what the word of the Lord said. Arise, go to Nineveh, and preach. Same thing. It's the same call that God laid before Jonah before. Get up, go to Nineveh, and preach. Now, before, Jonah rebelled. But this time, praise God, he changed his response to the Lord. The calling didn't change. His response to the calling changed. So there's good news for you and I. If we look back in our past history and the way that we've responded to what God has called us to or who God has called us to be, and if we've responded in rebellion, and we can, we can look back and say, I have run from God. The good news is this. You don't have to keep doing that. I've said in a couple of messages past, I don't think that Jonah is the ideal Christian. I think he did plenty of wrong. I think there's plenty of mistakes that he made. But can I just point to this one section of four verses and say to you, if you learn anything from Jonah, learn this. You can change how you respond to God. The question is, what is your threshold? Jonah had to be swallowed by a big fish, sit at the bottom of the sea for three days, get spit out, actually not spit out, vomited out onto dry land before he changed his response to the call of God. Is that what it's going to take for you? I hope not. And if it is, I hope that you take a shower before you come back to church. <laughs> but I just want you to understand this point. This is so important, and I, excuse me for laughing about it, but I'm just trying to imagine Somebody that I dearly love being swallowed by a fish and then vomited out and then coming knocking on my door saying, Pastor, I've got good news. I'm responding to God in a positive way. I'll just talk to them through the door. Back to the scriptures. So we learned two things about Jonah. We learned two important things. And, and the second one I really want to, to land in your heart this morning. You can change your response to the way that you've been responding to God. Now, what do we learn about God in this passage? Well, the first thing that we learn is a word of inclusion. We learn, and get this, we learn that God wants to include people in the work that he's doing all over the world. He wanted to send Jonah as a missionary to Nineveh and preach to them 
a strong and stiff and important word about repentance or judgment. He wanted Jonah to partner with him on this divine mission to go to this place that of, and minister to people that God had created, that God cared about. Why didn't he send an angel? Why didn't he just ride it in the sky? Why didn't he just put everybody to sleep one night and then let them all have the same dream or all have the same vision? Why is it that he wanted a human to go? Here's why. Because he includes human beings in the execution of his ministry on this planet. That's amazing. Now let me go from Jonah and go into your living room. God wants to use you to do the same type of kingdom work on your street, on your block, at your job, at your school, with your friends, with your family. If we're really to learn from Jonah, with people you don't even like right now. God has a history and a reputation of inviting human beings to participate in the work that he's doing on this planet. That's awesome. And it starts in Genesis. Like, Jonah is not the only person that we discover is doing this. I mean, I think of the... <laughs> I think of this incredible story of Jesus and the 12 disciples and Jesus is teaching and there's this whole multitude that's gathered out and they're out on the countryside and there's no stopping shops and no market baskets and no BJs and none of that stuff. And they're out there and they're spending all day listening to Jesus teach and experiencing the ministry of Jesus. And then the disciples come to Jesus and say, Jesus, we have a problem. It's getting dark and there's no food out here. You need to send these people home. You know what Jesus said to him? You feed them. You see, Jesus included the disciples in the ministry of the kingdom of God. And the disciples said, there's no way that we can do that. We don't have the food. We don't have the money. We don't have the resources to do this. They're staying right in the face of Jesus and they're saying, we don't have the resources to do this. And so Jesus says, have them all sit down. If you go back and read this story, you'll notice something important about the story. Jesus doesn't go out into the crowds and start handing out baskets of the fish and baskets of the bread. You know what he does? He gives them to his disciples, and his disciples go and give them out. He includes the disciples in the mission and the ministry of the kingdom of God. This is two examples The Bible is full of examples of this happening. Excuse me. So what do we learn about God? We learn that God is inclusive in his work. The second thing that we learn about God is that he is persistent in his work. There's a phrase that I use. I don't think that I coined it. I just think that it is an incredible phrase. It is holy stubbornness. Holy stubbornness stubbornness do you realize in this story that God practices this holy persistence this holy stubbornness 
The fact that Jonah rebelled against God and he ran from God and he faced the judgment of God and he was bobbing up and down in the sea getting ready to drown and God saved him and God redeemed him and Jonah had this beautiful moment with God at the bottom of the sea and then the fish spit him back out onto dry land. And do you know the first thing that God said to Jonah? Hey, Jonah, you remember that thing that I wanted you to do? Well, now it's time to go do it. In other words, Jonah didn't get to reset the calling, pass on that one, and get the next one coming down the pipeline. No, God went right back to the calling. God is persistent. God continues to work with us in the direction that he wants to work with us. What that means for you and I is that it could be that there's a one or two or ten-year-old ministry that God has called you to do, and you've been running from it for so long, you may not even remember it. And maybe today, the thing that it's important for you to do is to get somewhere quiet and sit down and just begin to say, God, what is it that you've called me to do that I haven't done yet? Because when we study the character of God, you know what we discover? Not only does he include people in his work, but if he called us to something, that calling stands even when we rebel. I guess if I were to say it in a different way, we don't have the power to break the call of God on our life. I think that's a positive thing. I think that's a thing worth celebrating. The third thing that we learn about God is that he's not only persistent, but he's purposeful. He's purposeful. (laughs) Have you ever gotten an assignment, maybe at your school, maybe at your job, maybe something at your home, Something that somebody that you really loved or really respected or you just fell under their authority. Something that they gave you to do and it took you a lot of time to do it. Let's say it took you a week of really focused, intentional time and energy and effort to accomplish this. And you get done and you're on the other side of it and you're looking back at it and you're going and you're thinking to yourself, this thing makes no difference. Have you ever felt frustrated in that way? Have you ever felt like I've given my time to something? I've given my effort to something. I've given my blood and sweat and tears to something. And it doesn't even matter. Here's what I want you to understand about the character of God. When he calls you to something, there is an indeed an important purpose. Now, Jonah didn't like his calling. We understand that. We know that. That's as clear as it could be. Jonah didn't like his calling, but his calling had purpose. God called Jonah to do something important for humanity. It had deep purpose. And I want you to understand that about the character of God. That when you surrender your life to him, when you say, Lord, I am yours, do with me as you wish. I want you to understand that you may not always understand the purpose and the significance of what God is calling you to do, but you can be assured of this. God doesn't waste his calling to people. It's purposeful. I want to end this morning 
by issuing three calls to action or three challenges or three practical steps that we all need to be doing. Whatever you want to write down is fine. Call to action, spiritual challenges. You write what you want, but make sure you write these three things down. Number one, discover God. I hope that as you process what we've looked at today, it builds in you this hunger to discover God. And when I say discover God, I guess what I mean is to discover the real, living, biblical God. Not to embrace the opinions that others have about God. Not to embrace the things that you want to be true about God. But when I read this passage and I ask the question, what do I learn about God? It makes me hungry to continue to pour through the word of God and say, Lord, I don't want the opinion of other people to shape my view of you. I don't want my sinful desires to shape my view of you. I want the word of God to shape my view of you, O Lord. So call to action number one, discover the biblical God, the one true living God. The second challenge or the second call to action or the second practical step for us as we get ready to close the teaching time and spend some time in prayer. The second one is this, praise God. I was making notes. I wrote down praise God for his character. Praise God that he includes us in his work. Praise God for his persistence in our life, just like he was with Jonah. Praise God for his character and praise God for his commitment to bringing the good news to all people. Now, his prophet had written off Nineveh, but do you understand that God never did? It was the heart of God to send his person his mouthpiece, his prophet, his spokesman to send them to Nineveh because God had a heart for them. So my first challenge to you is to discover the living biblical God. My second challenge is to praise him. Praise him for his character and praise him for his commitment. In a moment, we're gonna give you the chance to do that. Elise and Benny are going to lead us in another song. They're going to sing over you this morning. And you're going to have a chance to do just that. But the third thing that I want to challenge you to do is to ask God. Specifically, how can I seize my second chance for the glory of God and for the good of others? Jonah did that. Jonah seized his second chance And he got up and he went to Nineveh and he began to cry out against the city just like God had called him to do. He seized his second chance for the glory of God and for the good of others. And as we close and you spend time in prayer right where you're at this morning, would you ask God that question? Lord, how can I seize my second chance to glorify you, O Lord, 
and to live in such a way that it brings blessing to the world. If you need your second chance this morning, if you need to be renewed in Christ, if you need to be a new creation, then right where you're sitting, in your living room, wherever you are, you can say, Lord Jesus, I want to be a new creation. Would you save me? Would you receive me into the kingdom of God? If you're a believer already, would you spend time asking God that question? How can I seize my second chance to glorify you, God, for the good of other people? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, as we, as we move from listening to the message to processing it in our own lives, as we take steps in these three areas to discover you, praise you to ask you how can we seize our second chance I lift up my brother or my sister who has joined us in worship in their own home I entrust them to you Lord I lift them up to you I ask you that in these moments where they pray with others or they pray by themselves I trust that you will guide them as they pray and I pray this in the name of Jesus Amen